Welcome to Superior Central Library's podcast, your place for stories, poetry, messages from your teacher, and announcements from your library. Good morning, everybody. Today is Tuesday, June 2nd, and I am excited for today because as I was looking for a book to read, I stumbled upon um, this stolen treasure at Picture Rocks book, and I thought, what a great book to read to the kids who live so close to Picture Rocks, because you guys have probably experienced some of it, and if not, you've at least driven by the signs and, you know, been to Lake Superior, and know a little bit about what Ben and Becca saw while they were in the UP. And so when I contacted the author, Mary Morgan, about reading her book, she was very excited. And right away, I asked if she would answer some of your questions. And she agreed. And I'm so grateful she did, because that's such a great perspective for you guys to get um, the viewpoints of a published author. And so today, um, I have Mary Morgan answering some questions for you. So I hope you enjoy. and girls miss mary here from the national park mystery book series i am so honored that your librarian chose to use stolen treasures at pictured rocks as part of your summer reading program and i do hope that some of you got so excited with the adventures of ben and becca that you might like to go to pictured rocks and in and maybe enjoy some of the things that they did. You could maybe kayak or canoe or hike or go on one of the boat tours and experience some of the fun things. Maybe not get involved with the bad guys, but just fun things that Ben and Becca got to introduce to you through the book. Why did I choose the national parks as my theme? Well, I grew up in a family. I had six brothers and sisters, and my family wanted to travel. We would all get into a big station wagon and pull a camper, and we would go across the country seeing national parks and very famous places. I went to Mount Rushmore as a teenager. I saw the Statue of Liberty. I saw space places down in Alabama and just so many wonderful places around our country, all through New England we traveled. So as an adult, and when I got married, my husband and I would travel, and then we had our two children, and we would put them in our car, pull a camper, and we would go out and see many wonderful national parks as we traveled. And now I have grandchildren, and guess what? They're going to national parks too. There are eight books in my series that I wrote about. I've been to each one of them. Well, in fact, I've been to 55 national parks. There are lake shores, there are battlefields, there are monuments, in addition to the regular parks. So uh, out of the 403, I've been to 55. So as you can tell, I have a lot of traveling that I could still do. But each book is a place I have gone to. I take a lot of pictures. I journal. I gather all kinds of brochures so that when it's time to write a book about a certain park, I have all the information that I need. And then, of course, I can go to their website and find out additional items that would be great to include in a book. I work with rangers and I interview them while I'm at the park. And then sometimes I call them or I email them and they are more than willing to give me information because they appreciate the fact that I'm making their park famous. 
Now, the, I'll give you a rundown of all of my books. The first one is Stolen Treasures, A Picture Drug in our UP. Then there is The Face at Mount Rushmore out in South Dakota. Spies in Disguise at Gettysburg is a field trip for fifth graders from states in the north who meet students from states in the south and they play the games of the 1860s there at Gettysburg. The kids are wearing the old clothes, the old shoes, they're sleeping in the tents just like the soldiers did there in Gettysburg in 1860s. Millions of people go to Yellowstone in the summertime, so I thought I am going to do a winter setting for a book set in Yellowstone, which was our first national park. It's called Snow Den at Yellowstone. There are lots of animals that are in the upper elevations, the mountains there at Yellowstone, but in the wintertime, they can get up to 50 feet of snow. So the animals come down closer to where the hotels are at, and there you will see them. So I thought that would be kind of a neat thing to introduce boys and girls to, is how do animals forage for food or get along during the winter? Then I thought, let's crisscross the country and go all the way down to Everglades National Park in South Florida. That's where the ocean meets the land. There are alligators, crocodiles, all kinds of snakes, and you can participate just like Ben and Becca do in a triathlon. You can bike 15 miles around Shark Valley, which is a paved path through the Everglades. You can canoe in the 10,000 Island area, or you can take a hike, which is called a slog in the slough. I did it. It's normally just the water's just usually up to your calf, but they had gotten 13 inches of rain just before I got there and it was up to my waist. We were one hour in the swamp, way far away from the safety of our car. And there are no fences to keep the alligators away from you or the snakes away from you. And it was just quite interesting because there you can study the ecosystem. Then if you really like to hike, you can go all the way to Arizona too the Grand Canyon and experience twisted trails in Grand Canyon. This is a family reunion setting where all the cousins and the aunts and the uncles, they hike nine miles down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon where you can camp overnight at Phantom Ranch. Well, down there, they experienced a sneaky thief. It looked like cousins were stealing from each other and Ben and Becca couldn't quite figure that one out. So you have to uh, read that book to see who was the thief? And then we crisscrossed the country again and went all the way up to Boston in Massachusetts for two if by tea in Boston. And it kind of ties together early American history on the Freedom Trail. That's a scavenger hunt with a bullying theme. Quite a popular book, even to learn what it was like to be Paul Revere and his friends there in our early American history. And then the last book that I've written so far crisscrosses this day and goes across the ocean all the way to it's Hawaii. There is a whole chain of islands in Hawaii, but the biggest island is called Hawaii. So that is where I set this one, and it's called Lava Chasers at Volcanoes National Park on the big island. And that volcano is called Kilauea. I was there in 2018, just before it erupted. One day before we arrived, it started steaming. And the ranger said to us upon our arrival, 
It has started steaming and it's going to erupt soon. Nobody knew how soon soon was, but in all the time that we were there, we would do some exploring. We'd go to the Black Sand Beach. We'd go to the edge of the ocean. We would walk out to the petroglyphs, saw so many wonderful things there, Volcanoes National Park. But at night we'd go back and the orange lava was spitting up into the air and it was spilling in the caldera and every day it got to be bigger and bigger. And we had to come home and two days later it erupted and it was a massive eruption ruining a lot of the park which still is not open. So I got to see a lot before the eruption and I put it in the book. Lava Chasers uh, uses the STEM curriculum science, technology, engineering, and math, which many students are learning in school. But I also threw in some art to create the STEAM program, which some schools use as well. So in all of my books, as you know, Becca, very much into her camera, and Ben, he loves his binoculars. Now, my son in growing up, he used his binoculars. My daughter, she loved her camera. And my husband and I, yeah, we did a whole lot of hiking, even walking and exploring after dark in the national parks. And they're just a great place to visit. I am writing another one. And in the back of each of the books, I have a special learning section called Becca's FYI, because she's always telling her family, FYI for your information. And she has lots of important things that her family can do, know before they go or can use while they're there in the park camping recipes and all these things that I put into the books. So they're kind of fun, but in the back of each one, I have a coded message. And in the last book, in the Volcanoes book, the clue for the next book is follow Ben and Becca to a place where you can see for miles or you can't see anything at all. So where can that be? What in the world is that? So it's just kind of another fun adventure that I'm working on right now. And I would say if you are good in art, develop that skill. An author like me needs a good artist like you. I am not an artist. Therefore, I depend on people who are artistic. And if you are really good in English and find errors in spelling and like that, you could be my editor or my proofreader someday. I like to tell students that you could have a hand in a book. And who knows, but... Thank you for uh, inviting me to answer some questions. And all of my books are available at nationalparkmysteries.com. That's nationalparkmysteries.com. I will be glad to autograph each one and mail them right to your house. So uh, keep reading and enjoy your summer. Thank you again to Mary Morgan for answering our questions and for being willing to let us share the book um, over the podcast and for writing about national parks and how wonderful they are. And maybe your family has taken it upon themselves to visit national parks. And I love her advice of taking lots of pictures and keeping a journal so you can remember all the cool things that you see. Her website is nationalparkmysteries.com, and that is where you can order all of her books or even get a book autographed. And I'm glad she brought up the section in the back of the book called Becca's FYI, because in the back there of Stolen Treasures at Pictured Rocks, there's the recipe for hobo dinners and for s'mores. 
and the um, signals that the flag, the guy with the flags did to the man on the boat, the semaphore, there's all the letters of the alphabet, and then there's a coded message. So that's pretty cool, and to hear that's in the back of the rest of the books is pretty neat. We are going to do a genre jump. Sometimes when I read to you in the library, we talk about jumping genres, and a genre is just um, like the characteristics of the story. So Stolen Treasures at Pictured Rocks is realistic fiction. Realistic fiction, fiction means it's a story that is not true, but realistic fiction is based on some sort of true place or time. And so in in Stolen Treasures, the place, the location, the setting of Pictured Rocks and Hurricane River Campground is a real place. And then the characters and the plot of the story were fiction. They were made up by the author. And we are going to do a genre jump into fantasy. And we will be reading another book by a Midwest author. And this is a very fun story. And we are going to read the prologue in just a moment. Our new story is called Floweranta by Beck Castro. This book is dedicated to anyone who's pretended their backyard was a magical land and a stick was a sword. Also, to my 11-year-old self, we did it. We finally did it. Floweranta. Prologue. The liquid harp strings of a sprinkler swinging back and forth in the backyard provided the escape the girls needed on the sweltering day. The sun beat down, frying the grass between the two girls' houses. The taller girls' shoulders and cheeks turned pink under the sun's intense rays, creating a stark contrast against the blue and green floral pattern of her bathing suit. Between the two of them, they had five siblings, but none were around that day. May Lynn, a petite 11-year-old girl with long black hair sticking to the tan skin of her back, sprinted across the lawn and through the sprinkler. But she did not come out the other side like she had the previous dozen times she had leapt through. There was a flash of pink from her bathing suit, and then she was gone. Her friend Beverly slicked her light golden brown bangs back into her chin-length hair and dug her knuckles into her eyes in disbelief. She called out and jerked her head back and forth and tiptoed toward the curtain of water herself. When she stuck her head through, instead of seeing browning grass in her house across the yard, her eyes adjusted to the darkness of a cave. The sound of loud rushing water replaced the backyard sounds of chirping birds and humming car engines. She called for her friend again, lost her footing in the wet grass, and fell into the cave. All right, guys, join me tomorrow to hear the first bit of Flower Amtha by Beck Castro. Have a great day.